Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond the Bitcoin Show. Today is October the 25th, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin unconfiscatable. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture conviction. I'm offended by selling deferral gratification, dudes. Golden age. Welcome to it, baby. Hello, my elite friends. Do you have questions? I have answers. So type in Bitcoin Meister. You can ask anything. Ask me anything. Beyond Bitcoin, who's that in the picture with me? Yeah, I I promised you a picture like that. There was one specific guy that wanted a picture like that. You got that picture, dude. Um, you know what I'm talking about. So we'll explain who that is, an old friend of mine. And uh yeah, elite friends, let's just jump into this because it snowed today in Salt Lake City this morning <laughs> and it's cold out there in Salt Lake City and I want to do my sprints uh, before it gets dark. So I am sprinting through this. Remember, I do my sprint interval training once a week. So 52 times a year, I sprint as uh, hard as I can for 70 yards uh, 15 times in a row with like 30 second breaks in between. It's interval training. It's good. You get the... Uh, natural HGH uh, forming in you, supposedly. There's, there's your health tip. I've given that one before, but I also run 20 miles a week. Okay, besides that. But interval training, sprint uh, interval training is probably better for your body than uh, 20 miles a week. It, we can get into that on another day. I'm going to watch uh, Ben Shapiro later also. He's interviewing, he interviewed Jared Kushner, who everyone scapegoats. Uh, you know, there's a certain segment of the uh, Trump fan base that... Uh, you know, they they blame Kushner for Kushner for everything because Kushner and I, we, we share the same religion. And obviously, you know, in, in the mentality of these psychotic people, they think people of my religion, you know, mess everything up and whatever. So it'll be interesting to hear what Kushner has to say. If I, I've never really heard him speak before. Uh, I mean, he might just be an empty suit for, for all I know. But uh, personal responsibility, guys, uh, uh, for, even for the president, if the president does something wrong, I mean, He's the man with the last word there. It's not because his son-in-law made him do something. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay. But, hey, we're, everyone's always looking for the scapegoat in, in below, in the, in the mainstream media, okay? In the Bitcoin overlay, we scapegoat no one. We take personal responsibility. All right? Pound that freaking like button out there. Now, Joe Biden, if he becomes president, and we're going to talk about the polls in a second. Remember, play this at 2x, people. Play this at 2x. Five-digit realm. Just wanted to say that. Yesterday's show, by the way, was kind of a Beyond Bitcoin show. Make sure you watch it. It was a hybrid show. Saturday night, wild times. Now, Joe Biden, if, uh, it, it looks like he's going to become president if the polls are correct. And I, I talked about how election day could be a financially turbulent day. Um, Bitcoin could go down a lot. Uh, we've talked on the Bitcoin shows how November 5th would be the 100th day in a row that Bitcoin would be in the five-digit realm. Uh, but – Hold your horses. It, I mean, who knows? November 3rd is a wild card in that. But, but, but don't, it, it will recover and no matter what. But another wild card date that you got to think about here, guys. Now, I don't know when this date is going to occur, but the day that Joe Biden retires, the Joe, the, that he resigns. OK, and it depends on how they, they do this resignation. Because it, 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 he's not going to make it four years. I mean, he could. uh I mean, I think a natural uh, 
a natural uh, passing away would be less turbulent than him just say like resigning for some weird reason that that would that would shock people even more. Death is is, is a natural thing. It's, it's a very natural. We've had presidents, quite a few presidents die. Um, you know, William William Henry Harrison he died of natural causes, and uh, he was a anyway. But but but. <laughs> I knew someone from uh, Southern Indiana that went to William Henry Harrison High School. Yes, the president who was like president for 40 days has a high school named after him, of course, because he was famous beforehand in that in that area of the United States uh, in, near Evansville. Pound that like button if you know where Evansville is and if you've pounded anyone from there like I have. Oh, now, um, so <laughs> I, I'll say this, the. Uh, the Hunter Biden story, I, I've got an interesting take on it, okay? Uh, you know, there's so much corruption in Washington. And if, uh, if, 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 the, if when he was vice president, it, Joe Biden uh, was doing some tit for tat uh, with China uh, that included his son, that's real bad. Yeah, that is real bad. And but it, the media isn't asking him about it. Uh, the, the story is being hidden by social media, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's bad enough that he's got a, a corrupt uh, drug addict son. That, that's not too good, but it's not him. Uh, so, but I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm being original about this story because if he wins the election, which it looks like he's going to win, how about if it is true? How about if he has done something pretty nasty with China and his son? Well, you know, Team Kamala, <laughs> they're keeping an eye on this, right? Because, you know, she slept her way to the top. Of course, she would stab her president in the back and start, you know, encouraging the media to, to run with this story, okay? So this story, if Trump loses, it, it might come back again, like a bad case of VD that, you know, the vice pre the future vice president might have, you know, because she slept. Anyway, so, I mean, because it doesn't, the, the VD doesn't go away. It, it just keeps coming back, back and back. Um, you you asked the, the ladies down on Baltimore Street about that. Now, so keep that in mind. That so that let's say that does happen. That the media decides, eh, we got we got a we got a liberal team uh, elected here. Now we're going after the big man. He's you know he's white, so we don't like whites anymore. And he's an old man, so we're going to go with the story. We're going to pick up the story, which we should have done beforehand, because any legitimate media would. I mean, this is a big story. It's it's. It, the New York Post covered it, but of course you can't hear about it on uh, social media because you know, on, on many social media platforms, because they're liberal and they don't want to talk about it. Okay, but you might. So the whole point of this is that the story, if Trump loses, uh, the Hunter Biden story, it might come back again. It might, and it might be his, uh, the president, vice Joe Biden's uh, downfall. And this, that's what could lead to Kamala Harris. Now, if that happens, uh, yeah, that could rock the, uh, the financial markets, depending on how it is uh, conjured up. Now, if the media does it gradually, if it's a huge, uh, I mean, if Kamala already, I mean, she is, she is an aggressive lady. I mean, again, to, to do what she had to do to Willie Brown, you, I mean, you got to have conviction in what you want in life. Okay. So she's willing to, you know, get, get down there, get, get down with the Brown. Uh, she, she, who knows? She's probably got friends at New York Times already ready to run with this story. Who knows? So it could be done gradually, so there wouldn't be that much of a shock to the nation. But who knows? So keep an eye on that one. If uh, if uh, Biden becomes president, now pound that like button. Let me see again. We do have questions over there. What are your thoughts 
Uh, Tavao says, what are your thoughts about on, um, I can't say that word, dude. Um, I, uh, and I don't exactly know what you mean. Not, uh, not pleasuring yourself so that you keep your natural fluids within you. Uh, if that, if that's healthy, um, I actually, it, it could be bad for your prostate. Um, I would say there's no point if you have the urge to release your maleness, uh, you should, you, you should. Uh, and, um, you, I mean, it usually gives me like a, a burst of energy, man. I mean, it, it, it gives me the, the testosterone starts flowing a little bit more. I mean, I wouldn't overdo it, but I, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, trying to hold it in. Now, I hope you don't mean like – I hope that's what you mean, not like some dude that does that and then saves it for later or something. That's sickening. I hope that's not what you mean. Okay, now, uh, did you catch the Dodgers game yesterday? Don't think I've seen such an exciting uh, game in a while. Uh, it was – I mean they were going back and forth, back and forth, and uh, the ending was uh, – it was an error. The, the catcher shouldn't have made that error, but it, it's, a, it's a good – it's clearly a good matchup. It's uh, it's a contrast in styles, you know. One team, the Dodgers, high paid, big stars. Tampa has, and I give Tampa credit because they've lost, you know, they lost their original coach, they lost their original GM, but they've continued their style of low cost studying the stats. You know, uh, uh, what, what's very interesting about sports and what Tampa might evolve into, someone could create a baseball algorithm one day where you wouldn't even need a general manager and the computer would just tell some guy what to, who to trade, who to bat, who to do this. And like, I mean, Tampa is that deep in statistics right now that they, they don't, they have, they have some good young pitchers. They do have some good young pitchers. Um, but like they got a lot of role players and stuff. And I, I, I thought Los Angeles, and I still think Los Angeles will win the World Series. I think they're the better team. I, I think they are the better team because of, of this. Uh, Mookie Betts is a very good player, and uh, and K K Kershaw is the best pitcher of the pitchers. Uh, I mean, maybe one day some of Tampa's pitchers will be better. Now, I, and I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I haven't been following the season close at all. I mean, I only paid attention to the Orioles, but I mean, the Dodgers have been a, a dominant team for quite a few years now. And it's, it's interesting. So, I mean, the, the big takeaway from this is that sports uh, might evolve into, you know, we, I talk about don't be an algorithm slave. Um, and Yura, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, I just watched uh, his channel some more. And, uh, I mean, he, he's very worried about how governments can abuse uh, algorithms. And he doesn't like that so many people have just uh, allowed, like, given so much of their information to governments out of fear of getting sick, uh, these tracking, the tracking devices that are going on, uh, that you know when you you say who you encounter. I mean, it's crazy for the virus what people have given away, so they they could be tracked for the, the tracking apps. But I, I going back to the algorithm in baseball. Um, so if, if algorithms can figure out the way people think um, to to guide them where to go next on YouTube, uh, I think someone could create an algorithm that could run a baseball team. And that might get scared. I mean, that might take all the fun out of baseball and, and sports. Uh, like if, if it's just like everyone uses the same algorithm <laughs> and there are no general managers anymore. It's something to contemplate there. It's something to contemplate. One, two, three, no scope said uh, Bitcoin Meister. Biden isn't going to win. Polls are fake. We're going to get into that in a second. I hope everyone's playing this at 2x. His campaign engagement is low and the corruption is too great to be overlooked. 
Trump will win, followed by uh, riots. Okay, um, if Trump wins, there will be riots. You are correct about that. Uh, no, no doubt about that. But uh, the the thing with Biden that the, the polls are fake and that there's engagement is low, dude. People, most people never really engage in politics. They was was ever on the TV. They believe. And the TV is 24-7 Biden now, and that Trump is satanic almost, okay? So, I mean, this is pretty unprecedented that the media bias – I mean, you're, you're pretty young. You're in college. Um, back in, in, in 2012, this, this was unimaginable how open the bias is now with the media. It's unimaginable. So people eat up – I, I say they're slaves to algorithms. They're, I mean – they're so impressionable. And now, especially when you're scared, you're really impressionable. So I, I would have to believe that the polls are close to being correct. Now, I don't I don't think the polls are when when there's a poll that says Trump is going to lose Texas or when there's a poll that says Trump is going to lose Georgia. I don't know. I, I think that is incorrect. I, I, I think that's incorrect. Uh, because, by the way, if, if that happens, you, you do realize that that is like. One of the biggest – if Trump loses Texas and Georgia, that is a slaughtering by Joe Biden, a complete and utter slaughtering. And you can argue why it happened. The media is – people just eat up with the media. There's, it tells them they're, they're really scared of the – it's going to tell – if that happens, that I do not believe. That I, I do not believe that Texas is going to, to vote for Joe Biden. Now, I, I could be wrong, but you, the implications of that are tremendous. If Texas were to really vote for Joe Biden. Uh, there's people are, uh, people are scared. <laughs> All right. Retweet this dudes. I just put this out there. If you're watching this, uh, it, if you're watching this live, it reminds me of how Hillary, uh, me of, of Hillary, how she was supposed to win. No, it does not remind me that uh, of that at all. Moon, you, think back, think back. It, it, um, it, it was not as sure of a th- the, the the way the, the numbers look much bigger now. There there weren't there wasn't like Texas and Georgia and, and states like that uh, that they were saying. Uh, I mean, th- this is the, the numbers now. I mean, the and I, I want to talk about. It. So I, I want to if if the polls are wrong, if the polls in you know was all he needs to win is states like Arizona and Minnesota and Michigan and and Ohio and Florida again you know the states he won last time and the, and all most of the polls are saying that he has no chance like in a state like i think Ohio or or Michigan or, or something like that okay so we're going to get to that in a second and i know everyone i don't like politics that much but we got we got to talk about it because of this uh this one aspect of it that i was thinking of and Hang on. Wait, okay, so we talked about uh, Biden. Uh, I want to talk about this representative from Arizona, but let's 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 skip to uh, if the polls are wrong, okay? Then polling organizations are going to go out of business, okay? Th- think about that. If the polls are really wrong, then in twenty twenty four we're not going to be living under the same uh, polling system, okay? If if they get it wrong because they got it wrong last time, but it was close last time, okay? This time, it's like they're, they're, you know, they're saying there's a chance he could win Texas. Biden could win Texas. It looks pretty overwhelming at this point, and much, much, much worse than it looked in. Uh, and, and watch Ben Shapiro; he goes over the specific numbers to show you that right now the polls are much worse for Trump. 
than, than they, they were at this point in, uh, in 2016, okay? And so if they're wrong again, then polls are nonsense. The way they're doing, the way they're running their business is completely wrong. Their formulas are completely wrong. So, it, and so next time around, everyone will recognize that polls are just push polls. All polls, all these polling organizations are, are biased organizations that are trying to help um, a certain party. So future polls will just all be, everyone will understand, well, someone's paying them for this poll and it's, it's, it's just a campaign thing. It's, it's, just, it's just like an advertisement. A poll will be synonymous with an advertisement. But right now, they're still, I mean, I think most people think that, they sh that their business model is based upon them being reliable. You know, news organizations uh, and, and other organizations pay polling organizations because they think that they're going to be able to learn the future from them. If this is not the case, if they're just making stuff up, then they're going to have to change their business model totally. And this will be the moment in time when uh, polling organizations are going to have to look for a new, a new business model, a completely out in the open business model. But I, I, it, I really don't think it's that we're at that point. Also, also, a, a, a caveat to all this. Um, if it's the election is November 3rd, if it's Halloween and the numbers are still like this. All right. And then and then Trump wins. Then, yeah, but, but polling is will never be the same again. Never be the same because there is still a chance before Halloween that the number that the numbers could get close. And thus the polling organizations would give more legitimate numbers as we got closer. All right. There is a guy out there named Representative Lorenzo Sierra in the Arizona House of Representatives. On October 6th, there was a headline. An Arizona lawmaker has been intubated and admitted to intensive care unit at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, where I'm from, um, for, for treatment of the virus, the AP is reporting. So, okay, you were supposed to get scared that a, a representative is, is at Hopkins that, that's, and he's intubated. Oh, my God. If it can happen to a representative and, you know, we put them all on pedestals, politicians, I, I should be scared. Okay. Then uh, October 11th, he's got a, uh, he was in the hospital. He was laying in the hospital. Then, okay. yeah. So uh, October 11th, he tweeted out a picture of him laying in the hospital. Indeed. And then by October 17th, there is a picture of him at a restaurant in Washington, D.C., eating breaded unhealthy food. So, okay, he goes from, from, I mean, he clearly did get sick. He clearly went to Hopkins. And you, if you get sent to Hopkins, I mean, well, he's got connections that got him sent there. But still, he, he needed it. He is morbidly obese if you look at him, okay? So, I mean, this is amazing. You've got a morbidly obese they don't talk about that in the article. You, you've got to find a picture of the dude. He's morbidly obese. He get he, he gets sick, no doubt. I mean, you're going to get sick when you're morbidly obese. You're not uh, protected by that because you're a representative of Arizona. Okay, and and he probably was he probably was he had probably thought you know wearing a mask was keeping him safe. Okay, he did, and so he got sick because he's already sick because he's morbidly obese. He spent some time in the hospital. Tweets out some guilt photos of him in the hospital. He's strong enough to do that. And then afterwards, he's back on the same path. What has he learned? What has he learned? He's eating like a pig again. He's a pig, and he's eating like a pig again. After he and and who paid for that? Who paid for him to go to Hopkins? He wants us to sacrifice, but he can't. He he continues to be a pig. And this is this is the world we live in. All these people have been pigs their whole darn lives. Want us to sacrifice, and then if they do get sick, they'll go and. 
they'll you know use the government doll uh, to to take care of themselves. Uh, then right afterwards, they'll they'll blame it on us not wearing masks, and they'll go right back to being pigs again, eating breaded fried food. And he's their example. This is and these these are this is our quote unquote leaders. Shame on this piece, this dreck, this wild dreck from Arizona. Now, um, I, but this is what I was talking about yesterday. I mean, we call this call this kind of stuff up, out. Don't be ashamed just because he's guilting you with, oh, look at me, I'm in the hospital, I got a tube. Oh, look, but I'm strong enough to take pictures of me because I want to re, I want to win re-election. And then you, and then you learn nothing from that. You're a pig right afterwards. You're gonna get caught. And that's the world we're in before. These fat pigs. They, they want all the healthy people to – and, hey, they can say what they want to do, okay? They can say I'm not blaming them for anything, okay? They sh- I'm blaming them for their own health. They should take responsibility for their own health, okay? But for me, it's not holding me back. But what they're doing is unethical, okay? What they're doing is wrong, and it sh- you shouldn't say – you should not stay silent when something this egregious is in your freaking face from, from a dude. So – you can do that, dude. You, you go ahead, make my day, do that. I'm in the Bitcoin overlay, but you're not getting away with it. I'm going to talk about it in my show and make money off of you through YouTube. All right. So you can look at him. You can look at this fat pig and uh, decide for yourself. Now, um, and he, he can't sacrifice. He wants the whole world to sacrifice. He can't, he can't sacrifice his fried tamale or whatever right after getting out of Hopkins. Now, um, okay, we talked about the polls being wrong. Pound that like button. You can get shirts like this. This is uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Where in the world is Satoshi Nakamoto? That's pretty good. Uh, it's bizarre that – this is a good tweet from some guy named David Shane. It's bizarre that in 2020, in the 2020 United States, the people who want to crush heretics with both big corporate and big government squarely behind them fancy themselves – the rebels. Okay, so her- heretics should be uh, in-, in quotes. But it's, yeah, the-, the people that are calling themselves rebels, they're part of the mainstream. But they think they're rebels, uh, even though they're on the-, the sides of big government and big tech, you know. So it- it's quite it- it's quite a bizarre world that we live in. Uh, the-, the-, the true rebels, the true counterculture people do what the uh, normal people used to do. Personal responsibility, <laughs> taking care of yourself. Long-term planning, but I mean the, the whole world's upside down now. Twitter, um, Twitter uh, has an article. It's it, it's about buying uh buying sports cards. It's it's a good investment now. Buying baseball cards again. You know, if they're willing to write an article about that, it, you know, it's just as easy to buy Bitcoin than, than to buy sports cards. So you can enjoy sports and everything. If you're a kid, I know you want sports cards, but this article was for grownups. Okay. And by the way, everything's not linked to yet uh, because I'm in such a rush. One, the one thing that's linked to below is a, uh, a link to the audio, the free audio book uh, that I'm going to talk about in a second. Now, what's the title of it? Uh, well, we'll, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. When I, when I talk about the free audio book, the mass movement by Eric, Eric Hoffer, the, the mass movement book, I forgot what it's called. I have a, that that's linked to below. I'm going to start listening to it actually uh, when I have some time, but uh, yeah, baseball cards are not for grownups. They're not as good of an investment as, uh, as Bitcoin. I mean, I, I, I remember my, my dad, <laughs> He somehow acquired a 1989 Topps uh, baseball set. I don't know. I don't know how he acquired. It. I mean, through through the vend- vending connections and stuff. Okay, 
And he thought, you know, whenever he got it, you know, in, in the 90s or eight, whenever my dad got it, he thought this would be a good thing. And, you know, I, he, he, as a kid, he showed me it. I will tell you, I still have that. Not, everyone knows 1989 Tops, Greg Jeffries or whatever, whoever's in that. It's it's still worth it's still not worth very much. I mean, buying stocks would have been better. Now again, he got it for a kid. I understand that. And thanks, thank you, Dad. I, I I do I did you know through the years I enjoyed the 1989 uh, tops and you know telling my friends I had this look I've got baseball cards from the 80s. Oh, they're, they're so old. They're so special. But um, no, 80 percenters. You, it, it's cool to have collectibles. It's cool to have Beanie Babies. These things are fleeting and they re- – it would be so awesome if more kids were interested in, in stuff like Bitcoin. But grownups, you don't have much of an excuse if you're like – you're still on the uh, – I mean maybe you just – you're fed whatever social media tells you to watch and uh, they don't feed you stories about buying Bitcoin. They feed you stories about buying Beanie Babies and, uh, and, and collectibles like baseball cards. All right. And enough about that. I, it just uh, made me think. <laughs> Um, real quick, Wells Fargo here, starting on October 25th, service hours for our small business customer service phone number, which used to be 24 hours, are changing to uh, 7 to 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern time and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. The change means we can uh, add additional customer staff during peak hours to better handle the increased volume of calls. I don't know about this, dude. I think this is a sign. You're cutting your business hours for small businesses. There are not as many small businesses out there anymore, are there? That's that's probably what it is. That you're not you're just your small business business. You've had to let some people go. You don't have to have that business anymore because the government has all these restrictions all over the United States. So many have shut down. They. They need to probably deal with the, the bankruptcy department or whatever. <laughs> okay, so th- that's a very interesting thing. You can interpret it as you want to. I haven't heard uh, anybody else talk about it. So the, the, the virus has definitely become political. And bureaucrats are straight up saying they're not, they're not hiding anything anymore. They're like, yes, we are go- in many cities. They're saying we will send kids back to school after the election. They say specifically after the election is when we can send kids back to school. I mean, they're not they're not hiding a thing. What's the difference between today and after the election? What's the difference? There's no difference. There's no difference at all. It, well, in terms of health, if you're concerned about people's health, but if you're concerned about politics, oh yes, of course, of course, November November fourth is a magical day. Magical mystery tour ends that day, right? And here's an article about the uh, Botox governor of, of Michigan, Governor Botox Whitner or Gretchen Botox, her name. I, OK, if you're she says this is a, if you're tired of mask and wish you could go back to church, vote for Biden. She's not hiding anything. She's not hiding anything either that this will all go away if you vote for the person that that certain people want. And it, it, it's sickening. It, it's sickening that this is a uh, this is what is what has become in the United States of America. But. It's also sickening that they don't that people don't have to hide it. People don't have to people are so scared. People are so scared that the the, the bureaucrats and, and the elected officials can straight up straight up say exactly what they're using this for, exactly what they're scaring people for. It's it's all about politics. We've ruined a few businesses. There are not as many small businesses working with Wells Fargo anymore. Uh, Amazon gets bigger. Uh, we'll get we'll get we'll get bigger. Maybe maybe our con- contributors contributors will be benefit from this. 
and and then the, everyone will forgive us. Everyone will forgive us because I can straight up tell them what I'm doing to their face, and they don't even uh, they don't even blink an eye. But twenty percenters do. All right, now John says, uh, "What do we got here?" Adam, FII, uh, Bitcoin stock to flow will be fifty-seven by June twenty twenty-one, and over a hundred by May twenty twenty-four. Gold is only sixty to sixty-two, as you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, gold is old. That's just another reason, a complicated reason, but a, a reason nonetheless. That uh, yeah, I, I don't know why people are interesting. It, that it, it, it'll be it'll be more. Uh, in in terms of the stock to flow model, it, it'll be more rare than uh, gold it, come the twenty twenty. The twenty twenty four having is a big thing, and that's why in his model, I mean, it's it's worth so much at that point because it it, it is so elite in terms of stock to flow at that point. So yeah, I, I I am familiar with that. I really don't I don't get into this, as as many people know. I don't get into the stock to flow model at all. I just know. <laughs> I take it one halving at a time, dudes, and I know at every halving it's worth more. All right. So I told people wait till 2020. I didn't say because of the stock to flow model. I said simply it's starting on on that the, the halving day that the, there's going to be less new Bitcoin made. I mean, it, it's simply a supply and demand. Is supply? I don't. I don't have to complicate it with stock to flow and, and compare it to this, that, and the other. Uh, so yeah, it, it's get it's. Uh, scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. I've said this before. That's all Bitcoin. It's so simple. Just like real estate boils down to location, location, location. So, so <laughs> scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. So I, I don't try to complicate it too much. And, I, and of course, stock to flow incorporates scarcity in a major way in, in the model. But I just, it's, it's scary. It becomes, every having it becomes a more scarce. And every having, I hope to I hope to Hashem that I have more and more Bitcoin and I have never sold a Bitcoin for fiat. Pound that like button because I value my wealth in freaking Bitcoin. Do you think it's realistic for Bitcoin to have the same market cap of gold by 2025? That is the uh, that's the uh, seven trillion dollar question, right? Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's I don't think it is. I think we take it one step at it. We got to get to one trillion first and. So for me, 2024 would be really great at $1 trillion. I would be happy if Bitcoin was worth $50,000 in, 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 in 2024. I, I would be that, – that would be cool with me. Um, so you're talking about $350,000 in 2025. I, I don't think that's nah, – not yet. Not yet. I, 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 I'm not uh, – and, and, and by the way, I mean, yeah. We're going to get to six-digit round, but I mean, three hundred fifty thousand—that's that's a third of the way to the seven-digit realm. Well, let's let's hold our horses here. That's twenty twenty-five is only five years away, dudes. I mean, you could go into my video archives and see videos I did about Bitcoin seven years ago. All right, uh, so it, uh, yeah, but but hey, again, I, I'm happy. Let's get to that one trillion. Let's get to that one trillion first, and uh, that. Some people think that that our next this 2021 bull market could get us there, okay? But could, would it could it stick there? Could it stick there? I I, I don't know. I, I well yeah. Uh, I, I think if uh, I don't know. I think if Bitcoin if if Bitcoin uh, if Bitcoin for some reason in 2021 hit a hundred thousand, it's there's no way it's sticking there. It's there's no way it's sticking there. Uh, six-digit round will not be normal until a after uh, 
after the 2024 having. I, I just I don't see how that could be normal during this cycle. Um, but I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I, I try to be conservative about the, the situation. But, but in the long run, what's the difference between 20, you know, four years, five years, six years here? You're and one, two, three, no scope. You're 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 a real good young guy. I think you're 22. So there's, uh, I mean, you're, you're thinking about 2032, uh, and uh, and then uh, so so put, put it all in perspective, people. And oh, right now, let us remember the Bitcoin is thirteen thousand dollars. So we're, we're talking about fifty thousand. We're talking about a hundred thousand. If you get it now, um, being having it a four X, uh, that's pretty darn good, dude. In, in a relatively short period of time, having a 4X from now, quadrupling your wealth, quadrupling your wealth in, in, four, in, in a very short period of time, uh, by, by 2021, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but. So, you know, we, let's put it in perspective in terms of time and what the numbers mean to you personally, especially when we're currently living in this $13,000 realm right now. All right. Uh, what do we have? We, good questions. Let me see if there are any other ones there. I'm glad people are asking questions. Um, all right, and remember, play this at 2x, people. Play this at 2x. We've talked about, oh, God, I got to go sprinting soon, dudes. <laughs> okay, so we talked about Botox. We talked about, oh, and I, I'm going to have to describe who's in the picture with me soon. Uh, such a lovely lady in the picture with me. She did not need a. I don't know if she needs, but she, you know, she doesn't need Botox now. She had a very beautiful skin, very beautiful skin. All right. Um, now, let's talk about scary headlines. I, I feel like I'm skipping something. Sorry if I skipped anything. Uh, the Financial Times has a scary headline. <laughs> Will the virus break the UK? So that is the, the ultimate in clickbait hot headlines, isn't it? Will the virus, and they use the name of the virus, break the UK? No. No, the virus will not break the UK. If the UK acts like a screaming carrion and shuts the whole UK down again, yeah, that's going to hurt a lot of people economically, okay? That's going to break a lot of people and lead a lot of people into despair. But that's not the virus doing that. That's fear-mongering. You're adding to the fear-mongering, just like CNN. It adds, to, to, it gets people scared. It gets them to demand the government to act like China with the therapeutic, the therapeutic totalitarianism. And uh, that's what breaks the UK. Therapeutic totalitarianism. That isn't the virus. The virus doesn't kill that many people. Okay, the, 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 plenty of people die every year, and our, our economies boom and boom and boom. If the virus were just to let uh, let itself run out, economies would be fine. Economies are not fine because the government shuts economies down. Now, Alberta, on the other hand, they they just. They're looking good here. Tell me if this is true, dude. Alberta's top doc, Dr. Hinshaw, just said in her biweekly presser that all asymptomatic testing is being put to an end in Alberta. If you have symptoms, you can get a test. If not, carry on with your life. So she's not trying to scare people by increasing the number of cases that are out there because most of the cases, like, people don't even know they have it. So what, what's the point of scare? I mean, the point is uh, to, to just so the, the media and the governments can say, oh, look how many cases there are. As I've said from the beginning, what is a case? What is if someone has the sniffles? I mean, what, what, what's that? What's that mean to you, dude? What's that freaking mean to you? If the case number basic, the case number increasing is a good thing. You're that closer. 
that much closer to developing herd immunity from this disease that is not even that serious, but it's a disease that people want a vaccine from. What's a vaccine? A vaccine is just a way of developing herd immunity. So you, you can, <laughs> we, we, we don't even need the freaking, okay. Anyway, I've talked about this many, many, many times. Now, both sides of the aisle, we've talked about left and right here, they, they, they want an antitrust lawsuit against Google. No matter who wins the presidency, the antitrust lawsuit against Google is going to continue. And no, they're not a monopoly. The only the way you have a monopoly is when the, it's a government enforced monopoly. This is where Yaron Brook is good, okay, when he talks about monopolies. It is not a government sanctioned monopoly. The government is, has never said you have to use Google. You, you, no one is forced to use Google, all right? There can be competitors. Competitors can be – the antitrust laws are nonsense. There shouldn't be any antitrust laws on the book at, at all, on the books at all, because the only way you can have a true monopoly is if it is a, a government uh, monopoly. Now, so yeah, so we don't need the government – this is an example, though, of everyone leaning to both left and right saying that the government needs to pr protect people. It, need, it needs to protect people. Uh, you know, even though Google is free to use, et cetera, it needs to protect people. And so it, it leads into uh, it leads into people just looking for the government to you know, protect them from colds and stuff, too. I mean, compete, don't complain. Compete, don't complain, I say. And, but it is it's quite telling that both sides of the aisle, um, they, they want to because Google is a villain. Google is is a villain. Everybody can scapegoat for everybody else's problems. And it's, it's, if you can run on it, left or right, you'll get votes for, for slapping around that big, meanie corporation. Oh, they're so mean with their monopoly. Hey, a reminder to the dude in Arizona, I will be in Phoenix <laughs> from, uh, what, from December 2nd until January 5th. Okay. So the picture is uh, someone I knew from Baltimore. I think she's originally from Philadelphia. And we were friends, and she's a, 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 an attractive girl. And I thought about making my move. And uh, you know, a friend of mine who lived in the same building and would hang out with her, he'd be like, yo, Adam. I mean, I, I, I was hanging out with her. I'm not going to say her name. And, man, she's got these, these small bikinis on her uh, – hanging in, in, her, in her bedroom and everything. And you got to – you got you, you should try. You should try. You got to – I was like, okay. And, like, one day I was talking to her, and she's like – she wanted to go swimming with me. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to be able to see her in the bikini and we're going to go to the pool. And, and I was enthused about this situation. So we, we go, the pool is on the roof. And the incompetent people in Baltimore, <laughs> who were the management crew over there, it was locked. We couldn't, we couldn't go. We couldn't go swimming and see her in the bikini and everything and have a fun time. But I would later learn as our friendship grew that she's, uh, by the way, she's what, three-fourths Korean and one-fourth Japanese, uh, which is an interesting combination. And uh, she was raised very well. She had uh, qu quite a lot of morals. And uh, no, that I, I was, uh, I, I didn't have a chance. I, I didn't, you would have had to work real hard for that one, real hard. And she, she had a, she had conviction in, in what she believed in. She, she could say no. She could say no very, very easily. So I, did, I didn't get to the point where I was rejected. I, I knew to abort that mission before the mission was started, but she was a friend of mine and she's a good person. And uh, I never got to see her in a bikini, um, which is unfortunate, but you know, that's just, that's just one thing. And uh, hopefully she's doing well wherever she is. Um, 
and uh, yeah, that was that, that, that's that story. So that's a picture of us at Red Maple. I used to see her at the club, uh, Red Maple, and uh, we, we had fun there. And uh, again, she's a very, very, very nice uh, person, high class, high class person, very, very high class. So uh, not everyone is a, not not everyone of the opposite sex that you uh, encounter in Baltimore is high class to say the least. So she was she had a strong hand in her own way. Now, okay, let's let us let us move on here. Um, but a, a, a beautiful, beautiful woman. So enjoy the picture there, guys. Now, uh, let, let's see. Uh, well, there's a question here. Over here in England, Michael Weber says, over here in England, it looks more like Trump is going to be president for another term. How, how, dude, it doesn't matter what's going on in England. Like, if people support him there. I mean, I'd be upset. I mean, the only... It only matters what the 80% of voters in America vote. So, I mean, this is what gets a lot of people confused. You know, there's, there's a bunch of people you know, saying great things about Trump in the media. And, and I, I do think some people that are being polled aren't telling the truth. But, uh, yeah, at this point, there's going to have to be something really big that's going to have to happen in the next – and so many people have voted already. Or, again – or the polls are totally wrong and we're going to enter an entirely new paradigm, which is a possibility, I guess, but it's a long shot. All these lady um, – Betira uh, Betrio said all these ladies in the thumbnails really valued his wealth uh, – Bitcoin Meister really valued his wealth in, Bitcoin, in, in women. Strong fingers? Yes, I did. I did value my wealth in women for quite some time. I, I, I did. I, I've admitted this. Um, but I, I, I turned it around. I turned it around. Now, I did not spend a lot of money on women. I was good with that. I was cheap with the ladies. I was cheap. I was when I was able to acquire, I was able to acquire them for free. It was it was after the acquisition, you would have to spend a little bit here and there, whatever. Um, uh, but no, no, I was uh, I was good. at. Uh, I mean, in this day and age, well, people can't go to bars anymore. But I think in this day and age. The uh, you know people that are you know just out of college and everything, they they can't the like picking up a, a woman at a bar is is very difficult or impossible. And I you know at Club Charles, at uh, <laughs> at Auto Bar, at uh, th th those were two places I did real well at. Um, I did I Red Maple. There's there's some other place. Frasers was okay. I did, Auto bar, I, I, I'm starting to forget some of my favorite bars where I did. I mean, I did well. I, I, I met plenty, not just going, I mean, you know, scoring the home run, we're, especially was good at the auto bar and, and, and Club Charles. But uh, all the bars of Baltimore that, that I'd go to, Sonar or whatever, uh, I, I, I met a lot of, I really met a lot of girls at, at, at bars. And I really, I, I enjoyed doing that. I really enjoyed doing that. And um, I spent, I think I did spend too much time on it. Definitely spent too. There was a lot of. I mean, I would go out every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. There was a time I would go out every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and they were they were fun times. They were fun times. But you gotta. Um, luckily, I I would all, I was always a runner, and I didn't drink that much. My body just can't drink. You know, some of my friends could really pound down hardcore liquor and, and and do all this crazy stuff that I mean I could never really do. But I did I did drink my fair share of, of Rolling Ro Rolling Rock was my favorite beer. If, if anyone cares. But I was I gave all that up and I really am in the healthy lifestyle. And I, I pray to God that, you know, my partying days, I did not do drugs. Um, I tried drugs like a couple times or whatever, but I, I 
I pray to God that there's there's no permanent damage from from the drinking. And you know, I, I didn't eat very, but most of us eat a bunch of candy and bad stuff when we're kids anyway. But you know, there there might be long term effects from that. You know, it's personal responsibility. So I can now just I, the way I live my life is the healthiest possible way, uh, both mentally and. Uh, uh, and, and physically. And I will say this, I mean, a mistake that I made, I got so into, and there should be no regrets because life has turned out pretty darn well. But if you have a certain type of woman that you want, you know, based on your religion or whatever, like me, that's who you should try to end up with. Okay. And that is not what I was trying to do. I was just raw valuing my wealth in women. And, uh, that it, it was fun, but, uh, I'm just giving some advice to the youngsters out there. All right, moving on. Uh, would your family have cared if you married a non-Jewish woman? I would have cared. That's all that matters. I would have cared, okay? I would have cared, and I'm my family, and I would never have done that. Never, never will I do that. And uh, I mean, maybe who knows? When I was when, my, when I was like in college, who knows what I was thinking and stuff, okay? But it it, it didn't come to that, and I'm sure you know. Unfortunately, there are some women that I was close with that realized that and they became uh, unhappy with me and, and rightfully so and rightfully so and rightfully so um, I'm not I'm not perfect okay now what if the woman's father is Jewish no she's not Jewish um, if, if the woman if the woman's mother is not Jewish she's not um, my friend uh, Sarah who was in the picture before uh, last week her father was Jewish and she was not Jewish and um, because her mother was not Jewish and uh, that was uh, difficult to talk to her about uh, that subject matter uh, to say the least. And she wouldn't be very happy that I'm actually saying that right now. Uh, but no, it's, you, you're, you're not Jewish. If you're, uh, if your father is Jewish and your, and your mother is not Jewish, it's just, that's the way it is. That's how, that's how it's defined. I mean, you could define your club any way you want to define your club. That's the way this club is, is defined. So, all right, let, let's, let's go, let's continue with this story, uh, with the show it is, oh God, these things take so darn long. Now, uh, but and, and and that's the thing. If, if your mother's Jewish and you don't, and your dad's not Jewish, you're Jewish, and you you might like not even know that you're Jewish, but you're Jewish, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and it's it's really you got to feel bad for these guys out there that have these Jewish last names. Um. What's it? What's his name? Uh, the guy in Colorado, Michael. Uh, Michael. Uh, he's friends with Andy. I mean, I met him. I can't. Why can't I think of uh, Michael's name right now? He's got a Jewish last name. He's not Jewish. So there's a lot. A lot of guys. You know, you when when these non-Jew when these Jewish men enter these relationships with Jewish women and they have kids who are not Jewish, these kids are still hated because they're Jewish, even though they're not Jewish. <laughs> They get all the same. Uh, they, they get from all the insane people out there. That they, they call them. So it's a sad predicament to be in. You get hated on for being a Jew, and then when you go to the Jews, the Jews say, "No, you're not Jewish. You're not a. Uh, you're not a." Uh. So it's that. That's that's what you create. That's what if you're a man who's a Jewish who who has a, a non-Jewish child. Um, this is what you end up creating. Would you want to bring a person into the world that's going to have to deal with that that form of alienation? Um, you know. You know <laughs> The, the, the people are screaming that you're a Jew, and then the Jew says you're not a Jew. Michael, uh, what's a Blitzkrieg, uh, Krieger, Michael Krieger. So, yeah, you, you guys probably all think Michael Krieger's Jewish. He's not Jewish. All right. Now, uh, how long do you think the scandemic will last? Uh, well, if uh, Biden wins November 4th, that'll be the end of it. 
<laughs> basically, basically. Uh, otherwise, uh, it, it can't last that far into 2021 if, if Trump wins. It can't. Um, it just something will break. Something will have to break by the spring. OK, um, it, it, come the year anniversary, things are going to be now now that there is a possibility that um, something else could come out of China. I don't know. There's, there's always that. Uh, but I, I'm not expecting it to last very much longer, uh, even if uh, he, he's uh, if Trump is president. Now, but but definitely, if Biden wins, yeah, November fourth, it'll be over. It, it just it, it just the media will stop covering it. The media will stop covering it on November fourth. Okay, moving uh, to the next subject matter at hand. Uh, what is the difference between Orthodox and other Jews? Um, the Orthodox way of life is is proper Judaism. That's proper. The conservative and reformed um, and secular. That's not that's not following the Torah. That's not following it. So, I, I mean, I was raised, you know, going to the conservative and the reformed, the shuls and everything. And that's not, that's, that's not proper Judaism. They, they make their own rules and stuff. Now, you're still Jewish, but you're just not doing it properly. It's just not the proper way. The Orthodox follow the Torah. They, they follow the, the, the law they, that's, that's there. Um, and if it's, if it's the law of God, it can't, it can't change. You can't just say, well, no, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to do a little switcheroo here. And it, this holiday is only one day instead of two days or whatever. So... Um, Orthodox Judaism is, is the true Judaism. It is the true Judaism um, in, in, on the religious side. So, but but this, I'm not going to say, oh, you're a horrible person because you you're not following Orthodox Judaism. I'm not I'm not I'm not one to do that. But am I perfect? Am I do I follow all the? Do I keep kosher? No, I don't keep kosher. I don't keep kosher the proper way. Uh, I don't eat pigs, but I don't eat I don't keep kosher. And so to ortho, Orthodox Jews. They keep coat because that's the law. That's the law. Reformed Jews, you can bring a freaking pig into the uh, the banquet hall or something like that. Maybe not a pig, but McDonald's or something. Uh, you don't think there's a globalist uh, technocracy takeover happening? No, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I, I think um, that plenty of leaders all across the world are seeing that algorithms are very powerful. People can get very scared. And are using technology to help gain more power. So, but I, I don't think it's all, it's not coordinated. And there's not like some behind the scenes, non-governmental person telling them what to do. They're seeing it's it's pretty successful. They're seeing what's going on in China. There are people that love that the, the China model is very successful in controlling a billion people, a billion people. All right. So there are plenty of evil people in government. In, from Australia to the United States, who like that, who like therapeutic totalitarianism. So you're describing therapeutic totalitarianism. I don't, I don't think there's a mass conspiracy, though, that everyone's agreed behind the scenes. We're all going this way. OK, no, that that is not that, that that's not that's not happening. But uh, there are definitely plenty of people that are falling in love with the Chinese model. And some of them are incentivized to fall in love with the Chinese model because they owe China a lot of money. <laughs> And they built them uh, roads in their uh, in their countries, etc. But we, there's plenty of free thinking people all over the world who understand that is not the way to go, and we just got to keep on talking about it. And I have, I I know that the United States will not will not become like China. I know that it, it will not, it will not, because this the Second Amendment is that final land, line in the sand that will uh, prevent uh, something like that. There are going to be plenty of people, unfortunately, that are that are openly admiring China. Actually, we have a quote from one of them coming up here. 
Jeez, this show has taken so long, dudes. I'm going to be sprinting in the dark. Uh, so, okay, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, again, True Believer by is linked to below. Uh, the Thoughts on the Nature of Mass Movements by Eric Hoffer. And uh, as I said from the beginning, this virus panic hysteria is a mass movement. And the way he defines what a mass movement is. So read that book. I'm going to read the book. I know what – I mean I've read what his definition of mass movement is. All right. All sorts of uh, – okay, now we'll talk about that next time. Okay, so let's talk about the admiration of China. They are setting the tone on uh, how they think a government should handle this situation. Okay, They're doing it through propaganda. They're, they're bragging about how successful they are. And I, I mentioned this guy before, Michael P. Sanger. Follow him on Twitter. He's, he's speaking up against it. And he, and he says millions, millions in concentration camps, internet censored, Hong Kong annexed, religious sites demolished, thousands of activities disappeared, term limits eliminated, and of course, an entire world shut down. All examples of Xi Jinping's rational leadership per Washington Post. So yes, the Washington Post, and he links to the, and this is this will be linked to below. He quotes a Washington Post article that says Xi Jinping demonstrates rational leadership. What China has done is rational leadership, according to the Washington Post. So there are plenty of people out there that love this uh, therapeutic. Uh, totalitarianism they call it rational leadership it's not and we just speak up against it speaking up against it now here's another guy who probably likes the rational leadership because he doesn't he he hates trump so much robert reich this sociopathic politician bureaucratic dude he wants to have a truth and reconciliation committee commission once trump loses when this nightmare is over, it's been a, a nightmare. What, what a what a drama queen! This is they, they exaggerate things so much. The nightmare. I mean, life has been great this last four years. It has been. If you're in motion, it's been freaking awesome, dude. When this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase Trump's lies, comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness, and name every official politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. Okay, so dude, it's called peaceful transition of power. This is not a third world banana republic where we have revenge against the uh, the previous uh, previous administration, okay? And, and this is what we've done for 200 years. We don't, we don't try to get the, the uh, Get back at the other guys and line up the line up the other guys against the wall and have truth and reconciliation uh, commissions. And he has a picture of South Africa, and he he points to South Africa as a success because in South Africa they had a truth and reconciliation com com commission. They had this in South Africa, uh, and he says, "I love, I love the people responding to this tweet as if it's radical, undemocratic idea." And he shows South Africa to prove that it's not a radical, undemocratic idea. Dude, do you know what this has done? To say? Have you ever been to South Africa, dude? I mean, have you – when I was in Johannesburg, you know, I, when I went to the supermarket. It closes at nighttime when it turns 6 p.m. People don't go out at nighttime. People have walls around their freaking Lauren Gamaroff. 
has a wall around his house. He has a wall. Everyone on Lori and Gamerall Street has a wall around their house. That's what truth and that's that's what truth and reconciliation is about. They they had a lot of truth and reconciliation come about after 1994, didn't they? Now, because now they all have freaking huge walls with barbed wire on top of them, on top of their fence. And when Lorian's wall fell down within day, with and he didn't fix it, someone broke into his house and stole his laptop, which he had just moved a bunch of Bitcoin from. Now, this is a, this is a while ago, but I just want to point this out to Robert Reich, who who tries to say that a truth and reconciliation committee, a la uh, commission, a la South Africa, is a good thing. Like there, he he believes all the hype. Oh, they, they they live in the perfect rainbow nation over there. It's financially, it's been falling apart for years. It's, it, it, physically, it's falling apart. It, it's literally, it's it's beautiful in terms of uh, and the people are they're great people. They're great people there of all races. But they've got a lot of freaking problems there, and that's what that's what truth and reconciliation. That's what truth and reconciliation is on a good day. Let's talk about what it is on a bad day, okay? And th- this is a tweet reply. This guy says, "Yeah, and maybe you could set up semi-secret places where the people you disagree with could be taken, maybe in the middle of the night and re-educated." For an ill-defined time by inhumane guards until they die of starvation or torture and then throw them in mass unmarked graves. So, yeah, that's 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 all, you know, know, getting back in the previous administration and, you know, getting the truth of truth. You know, there's the truth right there. And re-education, that's part of truth. Right. And reconciliate. If you if you re-education, you you know the truth. Right. And and you've reconciled at that point. So yeah, Robert Reich and, and that that people and, and you know last last week it was Keith Olbermann suggesting things like this that, that we've come to this that people are have such derangement syndrome that they want to live like a banana republic. Okay, did this happen? Did did President Trump do this to Obama? No, no, no. This was not even to have a true and, and was Trump, uh, Biden, and Hillary and uh, Obama they were plenty corrupt. But we didn't have truth and reconciliation. No one was in hysterics over them. People went on. We go. We don't put these people on pedestals. Politics is not life, dudes. You, Robert Rice, you've probably been doing pretty darn well for yourself. You're just, I mean, I don't know. You're drunk on power. You, you're just so envious of certain people that you want violent revenge. I, I don't get this here. But maybe I do because here we go. CNN, their latest doom uh, headline Next six to 12 weeks will be the darkest of the pandemic, experts warn. So it's just people love to live in these doom zones. People, people are, we live in this great time of technology and in such a time of comfort that people just freak out like little babies when they don't get their way, when their, their guy isn't president or um, when there's a disease out there and you know, they, they got to be scared about something. They got to be hypochondriacs about something. It's just this. This could never happen in you know 1900 America in you know 1899 United States of America. I mean, people have real things to worry about. People are starving, but th- this is what happens in a world. And so remember that it is a golden age. It's a golden age to a point where people can worry themselves into hysterics. And so you don't go in that direction. You go the polar opposite. You are in motion to a level where you're bringing yourself incredible wealth incredible productivity all this stuff that i talk about you can ignore it you can you don't have to get caught up in this type of stuff at all don't look for it at all okay finally we're going to end with joe jorgensen here joe jorgensen is a libertarian candidate i'm not very impressed by her but she was on the uh 
Dave Rubin show, okay? And at the end of the, and I link, I'll link to it below. I mean, you can look it up too. Um, I, I, I'm sorry that the links aren't there right now. They're not going to be there until later tonight. So come back if you want the links, all right? Uh, but Joe Joyce, at the end of the show, she's a candidate. She's the candidate for the biggest third party that's out there currently. And she was so nice to him at the end, like almost begging him to be back on the show. So she does know that internet, social media, there is influence out there. That a guy like Dave Rubin, probably this next cycle, you know, compared to last cycle, they there's big influence here. You know, Bernie Sanders, um, Tulsi, they all, they, they went on, uh, what's his name? Joe Rogan show. Okay. That w- would have never been done last cycle. I mean, Trump went on Jones's show. That was like new, but so now we're getting ready. Next time it'll be even smaller shows. So I think it's a good thing that people, uh, they, they don't want to have, you know, the, it seems like politicians are morphing slowly away from just getting their free TV time. Some of them are now like, I want to get on these uh, micro shows uh, relatively because, because maybe in truth, Dave, more people watch Dave Rubin than watch certain shows at least on MSNBC. Okay. So I, I thought it was, it was very odd in, in a way or just, just insight into this golden age that we're into when she was like almost begging him to like come back on the show on the Dave Rubin show. So I thought you, you can watch that. And again, I, I'm not, she said some, she had a situation where she tweeted out something pro BLM. And then she tried to say it was one of her staffers who did it. But then she starts talking about this institutional racism uh, buzzwords and stuff. So I, she doesn't seem exactly libertarian to me. She has no shot anyway. Okay. And, and that's, that, that's, that's not the point of me mentioning her. It's just the, the changing, uh, uh, media political landscape. And yeah, I really do hope too that by the next uh, by the next election 2024, that people aren't just drooling uh, with and believing everything that CNN tells them uh, and ABC and NBC because there's still plenty of people. And if Biden wins, you're going to have to admit too that there's way more people than you think that just blindly drool and watch CNN and ABC and NBC, et cetera, and just do what they're told. All right. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, oh, here, if you stay, if you were up late last night with me, you'll notice at the end of the chat, Charlie Lee showed up. And yeah, that was really Charlie Lee. And yeah, Charlie Lee will be on this show on Thursday. Pound that like button. See you later. Bye.